This morning's reading is from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. It can be found on page 966 of the Pew Bibles. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it, was, when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful narrative of the journey of the Magi. One we know so well, but we ask now that you would come and shed light on it for us. Speak to each of us, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. So what can we take from this such well-known narrative? Where are the lessons for us at the beginning of 2017? This is a journey about people encountering God, people coming face to face with Jesus, the Saviour. What can we learn from them as we think about how we will be meeting God throughout the coming year? I hope that's one of your desires for 2017, to draw closer to God, to see him more clearly. It's certainly one of mine, that deep longing to know him more and more. So what can we take from this wonderful narrative? What can we learn from the journey of the Magi? I've got five points, five little lessons. And I hope that for each of you, one of these at least will resonate. Don't worry about thinking of all five. Don't think you've got to remember them all. But what is God saying to you this morning? Where might you deepen your journey with him and just take one of these lessons and add it into your daily life? If we look at what went on and take out some of the, 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 um, the journey, the actual stages on the journey, we can see what was going on and maybe translate that for ourselves. So firstly, they set out to follow a star. That's where the story begins, this amazing heavenly celestial being in the sky that looked different, that looked unusual. They were fascinated 
something different. And there was that element of desire to want to find out more. And God is found in moments of wonder. Moments of wonder that make us stop and ponder the mystery. They were able to do that. And they spent their lives looking at the sky, spotting something that was different, that was unusual. And when they saw it, they were curious and determined to find out more about that. They were willing to uproot themselves and travel a long, long distance. It may have taken nearly a year, some commentators say, perhaps slightly more, to actually explore what this new and marvelous thing was. And when they reached the end of their journey, they discovered far more than they had ever imagined. They came face to face with the Savior. And I wonder where our moments of wonder are. Have we still held on to that ability to wonder? Children are particularly good at wondering, about questioning, about noticing and seeing the unusual. There's a school in Guildford, Holy Trinity School, it's a church school, and they have, like every school, a set of values. And one of their values is this, it's heaven in the moment. And I love that as a value. Heaven in the moment. And they encourage the children to spot heaven in the moment. And I wonder as adults whether we need to rediscover that joy of wonder, of curiosity, of questioning. Why do we lose it? Partly our lives get too busy. We need to slow down, perhaps, to spot the unusual, to notice something that is different, and to take time to wonder and marvel at it, to ask the questions. When we walk along the street, do we walk looking at our feet? Or do we raise our eyes and look at what is around us? When we do, we spot beauty and we can marvel and wonder at God's creation, sometimes in the most unexpected places. Paul and I spent this week in Dorset and we had some beautiful, cold, frosty mornings. And one morning we were out for a walk and the sun was, there was a clear sky, beautiful sunshine and frost everywhere. And we noticed the frost glistening on a barbed wire fence that was a bit torn and broken. On a normal day, we'd have just not even seen it, this barbed wire fence. It's not particularly beautiful, quite ugly, in fact. But the way the frost was on it, it shone and glittered and was beautiful. And because we were on holiday, we had time to notice it. But how do I take that into my everyday life? How do I find those moments of wonder where I can stop, acknowledge God's creation, Notice something different. Ask questions. Be curious. That is a way of drawing closer to God. That is a way that the Magi discovered by following their curiosity, they learn more and more about God. Secondly, the light of the star was seen in darkness. That's fairly obvious, isn't it? We only see the stars when it's dark. But in the dark times of our lives, it's sometimes very hard to see God in the darkness. And yet we know from our Bibles the promise that God is with us in dark times. And sometimes we see him more clearly 
Sometimes when life is going well, we barely take time to acknowledge his presence with us. Sometimes it is in those dark moments, hard as it might be, there is that sense of a greater feeling of God with us. It's almost inexplicable, isn't it? And there are so many testimonies about this. If you were to walk into a Christian bookshop and look at the Christian autobiographies on the shelf, so many of them speak of meeting God in a real and special way in times of darkness. So this year, let's be confident that even in the dark times, we can meet God, to trust that he's with us, but also to seek him in the light, to seek him when we're feeling good, as well as when we're sending up those arrow prayers, because he is with us always. Thirdly, these companions traveled together. We traditionally say there was three of them, but it doesn't say. It just says, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. However many of them there were, it doesn't really matter. What we do know is that they traveled together. And traveling together is important in our faith journeys. Traveling together in community helps us to draw closer to one another, but in doing so, to draw closer to God. And we can do that as a whole church, as a congregation, in our home groups, perhaps in smaller groups of friends. Traveling together, sharing the experience, talking with one another, asking questions of one another, learning from one another. So I wonder as you begin this new year, where you fit in this community we call Wanish Church? Do you feel that you have a place to belong? A group of people that you feel you can travel with? Perhaps you don't, and perhaps this is a year of beginning to explore what that might look like, where you might find that sense of community and fellowship. We'd love to help you find that. If, you, if today you're thinking, actually, I'm not sure I've got that. How can I find that? Come and talk to me afterwards. Talk to Colin, who's at the back, who, with Kia, looks after our home groups. Because traveling together is important. It's hugely important. It's partly why we try to link, well, it's a big reason of why we try to link our sermons with what we're doing in home group. That sense of sharing with one another on a Sunday, but following it up in smaller groups. Having the freedom to say, actually, I didn't agree with anything the preacher said, but here's what I think. I really resonated with what was being said on Sunday, but what will that look like in my workplace on a Thursday? We need to take it further and deeper, and home groups is a wonderful place to be able to do that. Because there is a sense that churches travel together and journey together, that God moves amongst us. We also travel as individuals and within different contexts. But there's a real power in believing that God is calling us to be a body here in this place. And we need to listen to what he's saying, to be challenged by what he's calling us to do and to grow and travel together. So where is your place? Who are you traveling with? Where can you be honest? Fourthly, when the Magi arrived, they bowed down 
in adoration. When we meet God, we worship. If we were to meet God face to face, everything would go and all we could do is fall down and worship him. Worship is such a key part of who we are as Christians, as travelers on the journey. I wonder when you come here on a Sunday, whether you have that expectation of being blown away by entering into the presence of God, of encountering him when we sing, when we pray, when we take communion. How wonderful to raise that expectation, to come excitedly knowing that it's almost, you can hardly walk into the room for the feeling of God being here. There are times when I have felt that, not hugely often, sadly, but being conscious of God's presence in a physical way and almost being blown over by it. One occasion, just in my kitchen, I literally ended up sitting on the floor, so conscious of God with me, and it came from nowhere. But as we come Sunday by Sunday, what is our expectation of encountering God as we worship? It's difficult, it's hard, but there is something that we, we need to explore more and more. Perhaps we need to explore different ways of worship. Perhaps we're in a rut. And we need to try something different. That might not be here on a Sunday, but maybe in our personal lives, in our prayer lives. Do we pray the same way all the time? There are so many ways to pray. and Some feel more comfortable to us than others. But sometimes the times when I've met God most closely is when I'm praying in a way that is unusual to how I normally do. Silence is the hard one for me. And when I was training for ordination, we had an Easter school every year for a week. And for 24 hours, we had silence. And I hated it, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> because it made me aware of me. Suddenly all the barriers are down. There's, there's no diversions, no distractions. And it's me and God. And that's scary. And the first year, I hated it. But the second and the third year, I grew to love it and relish it. I don't do it very often. But because I was out of my comfort zone, God was able to meet me in a very real and special way. So maybe in your prayer life, there's a different thing to do this year. Maybe it's lighting a candle. Maybe it's listening to music. Maybe it's looking at a picture. Maybe it's holding a cross. and get some beautiful wooden holding crosses. I don't know. As many, you know, we could be here till this time next year talking about the different ways to pray. But when the Magi came face to face with God, they fell on their knees and worshipped. And that's what we long for as we meet with God. So is this a year to step out of something we do as our way of being and try something different? And then finally, having met with the Saviour, they offered their gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Physical gifts, but with symbolism, as we know. But being in God's presence demanded a response. And that's a truth as well. That all we can do when we come before God is to offer of ourselves, to offer our gifts. It's an automatic response. So how are we going to do that this year? 
How do we offer our gifts, offer ourselves? It might be our time, our money, our resources, our lifestyle. It might be you want to chat a little bit more to Jane Boswell and Charlie Wakefield and think about taking on some more sustainable areas in your life as a response to knowing God in your life. It might be a life-work balance, anything to do with lifestyle that draws us closer to God. It might be about developing our gifts. And again, that's a whole sermon series in itself. Because how often do we feel we haven't got any gifts to offer? And yet God has made each one of us unique and special. And we all have something to give. Do we know who we are? Do we know how God has made us? What he's given us to use? And are we confident in using that? We really struggle in Britain to say, I have the gift of this, because it sounds arrogant. And as a result, we end up not using the gifts that we have. But let's step into who we truly are. Know who God has made us to be and give of everything that he has made us. The more we respond to God, the closer we feel to him. So five simple but profound lessons. They set out to follow a star. Can we find some wonder, some moments of mystery in our lives? The star's light was seen in the darkness. Do we trust that God is with us in the dark places? Will we seek him in the light as much as in the dark? They travel together. Where is our community where we can be honest and travel with our fellow pilgrims? They bow down in adoration. What does our worship look like in its widest sense? And they offered their gifts. What will we offer this year? I want us to have a bit of time now just to to reflect on that. I'm going to take us through some, some questions and some opportunities for you to respond in prayer. So think back over the last year and bring to mind just one moment of wonder. Perhaps it was a view, perhaps a smile on a child's face. However simple, just recollect one moment of wonder and give thanks. And think now of a part of your life that's currently in darkness and pray for light. And now silently name a companion on the journey. Someone you travel with and give thanks to God for their support.
And now acknowledge a gift that you have. Perhaps a listening ear, a pastoral heart, a love of prayer, a gift of hospitality, a delight in teaching, a practical response. Whatever it is, resolve to offer that gift in a fresh way this year.